Good morning, good afternoon, good night, wherever you are watching this video cast or listening to this podcast. Again, this is England is Burning for Tuesday, the 23rd of March from the ATL. This is your Arsenal weekly feature. We have Josh Bunting back. He is the Arsenal women writer for the Easington Gazette. Josh, good afternoon where you are. How are you doing, Josh? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Um, I'm a little bit happier today. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll get on to yeah. the main subject. You know? I'm sure you are. I, I'm I'm here, and I'm and um, I I, I got to eat some crow today, Josh. I'm here to eat some crow. I said some not so nice things about your team uh, last week when you weren't around. So it's like when the you know, when the cat is away, the mice will play kind of situation. So I'll talk <laughs> about that. All right. So Arsenal, yes, Arsenal may have put their foot into the door or maybe both feet into the door of a Champions League qualification back on last Friday, a, a much, much, much anticipated match uh, against Manchester United, uh, a home match for them. And it ended up being a 2-0 win for Arsenal. Josh, before we get into the drill deeper into this match, but what's your overall impression? How do you feel as a, a Arsenal writer and Arsenal supporter uh, with this match? Yeah, obviously I'm delighted because the result went uh, went the right way for Arsenal. Um, it was a crucial, crucial three points. A loss would have been uh, it would have probably been curtains uh, for that Champions League Champions League spot. It, it was a must-win game for Arsenal and. All the pressure was all the pressure was on obviously Joe Montemarro's side, but mm-hmm. uh, I think Friday showed a, a sort of a, another side to Arsenal. I'm sure we'll get onto that later on, but wasn't really a, a vintage Arsenal performance. There was some things in that game that you thought maybe there's been lessons learned against mm-hmm. Chelsea, Man City, and the first Manchester United game because they were doing things that you don't really see Arsenal doing. Um, but my my feeling is is I'm much more confident now than I was before Friday uh, to, to get into the Champions League. And on Friday, the team sheet when it came out, and there was no, there was obviously no Leah Williamson in it. And I thought I wasn't nervous, I wasn't, I wasn't scared, but the confidence sort of level goes down a bit. Jordan Nobbs, who I've said to you a few times now, I think she's so crucial and so important to the Arsenal team. And I was surprised actually that. She didn't start, but no, uh, honestly, I'm very, very happy with the result. And it sort of gives Arsenal now a, a foothold in the season to go on and, and hopefully finish in that, uh, that third spot. Yes. Uh, and I think we have a lot that we do have a lot to talk about in terms of things that we saw different from Arsenal that we had not seen uh, you know, in previous matches uh, and so forth. So I, I do want to drill deep into into that. You mentioned the lineup and uh, and so forth, and not having Leah Williams in there. And was this a injury issue uh, with yeah, her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that she so, had a uh, knock or something that, to that degree. Um, Joe Montemurro actually said mm-hmm. in his press conference going into the game that there was a player that wasn't a hundred percent fit right now and, and probably wasn't going to make it. Um, but I think a lot of people sort of expected that to be Lisa Evans. She she does this uh, a vlog on YouTube. It's called She Plays, and mm-hmm. she sort of said that she she had a she had an injury on that. So when the team came out on on Friday and there was no number six, I think people were, well we knew then who it was. Um, mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, and but 
it shouldn't be too bad. And, and he said that she should be back for Tottenham on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, so let's start with uh, how the game opened. So because Arsenal got a goal early. And to me, I knew immediately in the first two to three minutes that this was, there were some lessons that had been learned in previous matches. And and obviously there had been some scouting done in terms of what possible United weaknesses there were. And I think they were exploited early. So you tell, you tell me what you thought about how the lead up up to that first goal, which was credited as an own goal uh, against Millie Turner. But what do you think as just how that match opened leading up to that goal? It was sort of similar to the away Manchester City game. If you look at it, Arsenal mm-hmm. pressed really high yes. against Manchester City away. And they took made him a score on that occasion. So it was similar to that start. Um, obviously, on Friday, uh, Ford plays the ball into Jill Roard. And, and Jill Roard's shot, cross, whatever you want to call it, took a deflection of, of Millie Turner. It went in. But it was a... It was a high-intensity start from Arsenal, mm-hmm. which you do see quite a lot. And then they drop into a more defensive shape and the intensity level goes. So, I'll be honest, I was a bit worried that when that went in on Friday, I thought, right, Arsenal are going to drop the intensity level now and they're going to sit deep and Manchester United will put pressure on them. To be honest, against a team of that quality, they probably would hurt you if you did do that. But no, they, they kept going and they, and they did press higher. But Arsenal were more, were, they were more direct on Friday. Um, and that was a big thing. That was sort of a big factor in the game. If you look, Arsenal liked the player from the back. Obviously, they had no Jennifer Beatty this weekend or on, on Friday either. So, uh, Leah Valti went into centre-back with Lotta Women Moy. And you're thinking, Leah Valti has played centre-back before for Switzerland. Not, but not often. She's a centre midfielder, so you thought against Christian Press, Lauren James, that could be a big problem. But no, they were they were more direct against Man United. They played played it longer, um, and I think when I when I was looking at it, I think Manchester City they played out from the back, Chelsea they played out from the back, and against the and the first Manchester United game at least Sports Village, they played out from the back. And all three of those teams pressed Arsenal and made them feel a little mm-hmm. bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I think with them playing long on Friday, I think Montemurra was saying, right, lessons learned from those. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll see. Obviously, they don't have to play any of those teams going forward this mm-hmm. season. I think next season, obviously, you get a better indicator if that was just a match tactic for Friday or is that a tactic in those games going forward now? Um, we'll, we'll obviously have to wait and see, but it was it was sort of it was more effective. Uh, it wasn't a typical Arsenal performance. It was very strange. Arsenal, like you say, like playing from the back, and mm-hmm. it looks nice, but it was it was a bit yeah, it was more direct, and it was it wasn't it was the strangest Arsenal performance that I think we've seen in, in a long time. And it was, for me, it was a totally unexpected performance. I expected Arsenal to continue to do what they, what you mentioned they typically do, try to play from the back. Uh, I expected them to be maybe on the front, that front foot initially, and then get that early goal, like in that Manchester City game that you mentioned, and then kind of reel it back in. 
Um, and that did not happen. And the thing that I was very critical of Arsenal about, and I wouldn't say very critical, but I, one of the things that I, that I said in the previous podcast, and y'all go, you can go check out when I was mean to Arsenal, uh, was about the mentality and the intensity and being, and as you mentioned, the word you use is direct. And I was saying, well, you know, they had, uh, one of the things I mentioned was sort of the mentality to from playing from the back of being able to be careful with the ball, being able to, to, to get it through the midfield and so forth. And I, and that, that they really needed the mentality to be more direct, to have the mindset to, you know, make sure that because if they do play against the high press, they got to be able to be careful with the ball and then, then be able to get through that press because there's room in the middle there's room to get get by but you got to get not be sloppy with the ball in the back and you got to have the mentality to kind of think through what's going on and be more direct and that's what Arsenal did they had a level of intensity that I did not expect that I didn't see them have in previous matches um, against a top side Um, they played more physical than I had yeah. seen them in previous matches against top sides. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was kind of reminiscent of how the the red, the not the red, but we'll talk about that later, but the yellow card count uh, and the fouls and things like that. People talk about the officiating and we can talk about that. But the point is the mentality for the first half was very different. And I saw it was like, this is a different tactic. This is a different intensity level, different physicality, all much more direct, which I didn't expect. And that's why I'm eating crow today because I was like, mm, I, didn't have, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. <laughs> I mean, crow y'all, because I didn't see them be, being able to do that in, in the big moment at this time, which is why I didn't rate them uh, to get a result. Uh, and, yeah. but I was proven wrong. Yeah, no, they were, like you say, they were much more physical and there was uh, there was sort of a lot of those niggly fouls to break the play up. Um, so they were sort of, in terms of, ta- they were tactical fouling um, mm-hmm. as well, just to stop Manchester United on the break. And obviously Casey Stoney had to go to the referee after the game um, for fouls on Lauren James, which I don't think she has a point at all. Um, I really don't, I think. Casey Stoney sort of feeling maybe a little bit of the pressure mm-hmm. um, after that game because the amount the files on Arsenal players that didn't receive yellow cards were ridiculous. Um, it was really, really officiating. I, I don't like blaming officials, I, I, mm-hmm. but it, it was it was poor. It was it was really poor. Um, and like you say, that Beth Mead was obviously sent off, and that was a big thing as well when. When Beth Mead was sent off, the mentality didn't change. Um, they could have easily panicked and, and gone into their shell, but no, they were they were doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was just a really efficient performance. But <laughs> to be honest with you, Keith, I don't know if Arsenal were that good or were Manchester United just poor. Uh, were the were the wasteful? Lauren James has a, had a big chance. Um, to make it one-one, and, and she put it over. If she scores, could be a could be a whole different game. Right. She didn't, right. and it wasn't. But I don't know. It was it was a strange game, but it was good to see Arsenal just getting the job done. Mm-hmm. It wasn't special, and let's be honest, it wasn't. It wasn't. But, the, but it didn't need to be. 
they didn't need to be, yeah, you're right. They didn't need to be. Um, but it was just that mentality of, right, we've got a job to do. Mm-hmm. Let's do yeah. it. And that's exactly right. what happened. And that was the intensity that I didn't, like I said, I didn't expect him to have to be like, okay, let's do whatever we need to do within the within the rules to, and sometimes, you know, in the tactical fouling, I guess it's still within the rules, you know, to win the main. We needed three points. And, and that's what we had talked about. That's what you and I had talked about prior to this match. That's what I had talked with Mark from the Barmy Army about this is that everyone knows Everyone knew, now we're in past tense now, y'all. Everyone knew that Arsenal needed three points. Yeah. So the goal was we have to go and get three points, however we need to do it. And we have to change it up. Um, And it seemed like Arsenal wanted the three points. And they were going to do what they needed to do and figure out a way, even if it wasn't pretty, even if it was a little ugly. But we're going to go get three points because we want to. We want third place, and that's Absolutely. what they did. And I did not expect that. Now that's the one takeaway. The second takeaway is what you mentioned before. The second takeaway is this: is is, and I mentioned this with Mark, and I'll mention it again. The old bugaboo, old errors and mistakes and deficiencies that has kind of cost United goals, cost United points this season came right back up again and the first one was not being able to convert uh goal opportunities they can create them they did create them their xg their xg against a strong arsenal defense though it was somewhat depleted was 1.5 but they got no goals because they didn't convert and you had people like Kristen press was back lauren james was back i mean certainly enough firepower to be able to get goals but again they didn't do it um and then the second part is set pieces leading to the second goal um and i love <laughs> you know and um lati woman moy you know gets the you know gets the header for the second goal and, and and you gotta love it for her right because she's been with in the program for forever uh and i'm saying that in a nice way right <laughs> um and so forth i mean she's you know, she's all Arsenal all the way um, and so yeah. forth. So that was a wonderful, wonderful moment for her, right? Yeah, um, like you say, if you looked at the if you looked at the game on Friday, Arsenal liked to play short corners. Yep. If you look at Arsenal this season, Arsenal liked to play short corners. But if you looked on Friday, mm-hmm. every, they had six corners mm-hmm. and all six corners went into that six-yard box. Yep. That that was the they, they pinpointed pinpointed Manchester United's weakness mm-hmm. off the fan and set pieces. And there was a free kick at the end. Uh I can't remember who took it. I think it might have been faulty actually. And she played it, it she could have eat played it short, but she played it into the box because she knew Manchester United were quite weak defensively, um, in terms of when those balls come into the box. Mm-hmm. So obviously yeah. the corner the corners, Katie McCabe corner. They were always being played into sort of that back post area. Uh, Miedema was floating around the front post and then had forward women Moy floating around the back post. And every corner went into that back post area. And Manchester United couldn't read it. Now, there were mm-hmm. six of them. Mm-hmm. So after the third one, surely you're thinking, there's that's every corner they're going to play in there. And Manchester United didn't pick it up. I'm not sure why Katie Zellum was the player that was picking up lots of women Moy. Because uh, that's yeah. pretty small, a pretty small centre midfielder, right? Picking up a centre back, it was a strange one from a Manchester United perspective. Um, but yeah, like you say, Manchester United were they've conceded set pieces for 
the past few weeks now, uh, when they got beat by Reading, mm-hmm. I mean, it was that sort of when they got beat by Reading, that's when it was stuck out to me that hey, they're not comfortable with these. And then the Man City game as well, exact same thing. They got caught out, and that's what that's what I was sort of hoping for on Friday from an Arsenal perspective. I was sort of hoping that set pieces we can get at them. And then obviously no Jen, no Jennifer Beattie mm-hmm. in Arsenal on the Arsenal side, and she's a huge threat from set pieces. So we're thinking, uh, I'm not sure about this, but no, um, another one did come, and, and it was Women Moy, and yeah, it was a, uh, it was good to see Montemaro pinpoint that weakness from Manchester United and it worked uh, and exploited them yeah and it it did work um and you know it worked you know almost like it was the way it was written up <laughs> you know I mean it was like okay we know what we know what the weaknesses are weaknesses are they're pretty clear so let's you know again change it up so we you know you attack them where you know their weak their their weak points are um, and, and that's what he did and I mean but it's interesting that even though Manchester United had all of this possession and they had much more they had more passes they had a better passing percentage uh, and so forth but they got one corner. Yeah, you, know, you mentioned that Arsenal got six corners. They had one. Um, if you look overall at the statistics of this match, is like it, you would think that Manchester United won the match. If you didn't look at the score, you know you, you would have think they had won because they had dominated possession. Uh, they had more shots. They had more passes. Um, you know they had. <clears throat> you know about the same number of clearances. It was half and half about in terms of. Um, aerials but you know they had almost 200 over 200 more touches of the ball i mean it would just seem that way but that's not how football works you know it's no it's, it, it's, you it's know it, it, at the end of the day you got to knock the ball in the, into the into the back of the net so i think arsenal's discipline was a huge thing um, oh sure yeah in terms of their defensive Absolutely. fight and their defensive structure um came that oh um floating around sitting she sat in front of obviously the defense but then progressively going forward she had a huge impact in the game um obviously she was sort of the one who was breaking the Manchester United lines yeah um so she had a huge part to play and like I was like I was saying apart Manchester I think Arsenal deserve a huge amount of credit not just for obviously being clinical and taking their chances but mm-hmm. in terms of how they set up and, and their defensive structure Zinsberger I thought she played I thought she did what she needed to do, but mm-hmm. they didn't really test her. She didn't ha- really have to make a, a save of note, really. Um, uh, Arsenal probably looked, whenever going forward, they were sort of more clear-cut in front of goal. I mean, Dan- Danielle van der Donk had a good chance at the start of the second half that Mary Herbs had to save. And I- I- honestly, I thought Arsenal were-, were really good in terms of the defensive structure and the frustrated Manchester United. Um, I don't think Manchester United did near enough to, to get anything from the game, to be honest. And it's all right having all the possession, but it's what you do with it. And they didn't really do that much with it. Right. And and again, I mean, if you look at the shots that United had, the outcome was the first the first shot they had um, was saved. That was from a Christian Press shot. But then you go down the line, blocked off target, off target, exactly. off target, saved, um, you know, then saved, blocked, off target, blocked, blocked, blocked. 
So again, that speaks to the defensive structure, all those blocks that, you know, and it was mentioned in, yesterday when I was talking to Mark was that, def the, you know, he praised uh, defense, the defensive structure of, you know, of, you know, basically, you know, Arsenal players just putting their bodies on the line, just getting in the way, uh, you know, to just cut off those chances. So you know, all those block shots and leading to off targets and, and shots being blocked. So, I mean, there really was, and this was a, again, I have to reinforce all credit in my opinion goes to Arsenal by being mentally prepared, tactically prepared, doing the switches they needed because the goal was to get the three points and goal was not to be pretty doing it. The goal was just get three points mm -hmm. and they did that and they took their chances. Um, there were multiple moments where the game could have turned around uh, in United's favor and it didn't happen. The, the red card, for example, now one could really, I questioned the first yellow that Beth Mead had, um, yeah. but the second one clearly was a foul. And yeah. so, okay, there you go. But the game could have turned at that point, but no, Arsenal just kept at it mentally, tactically, physically. They just kept going, as you mentioned. And, and so all credit goes to them for doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And the concentration levels could have panicked a little bit after that red card. Um, and they I clearly agree with you didn't. That, that the first yellow card, it's harsh, but mm -hmm. <laughs> for, for, for Beth Mead as well, I mean, mm -hmm. we're on a yellow, can't go in for those tackles that, right. that she did for the second. Then mm -hmm. can have no complaints about the second yellow at all. Um, yeah, it was a foul. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, Arsenal managed the game really well in game as well. Um, when they went down to ten, and when they went down to ten, I thought maybe sounds a little bit silly, but I thought they looked more comfortable down to ten than because they were just they started just packed the midfield then, and right, and that was and that was it really, and they just the shut up shop, and they still had chances uh, when they were down to ten. Um, they still they still did create the chances, um, but no, yeah, it was a really really good defensive structured performance and. Like I've said, it was the most unlike Arsenal performance maybe that we've seen in a long time. It wasn't the stereotypical Arsenal. There was new things in there. There was new ideas. and They got the biggest three points of the season for them. No, no doubt about it. Yeah, and that's very and that has to be excited for Arsenal fans. It has to be excited to see like, okay, we did something different and it worked out. And that means yeah. that that we can be more versatile. We can do different things. Matamero, uh, you know, can tactically make changes and it comes off. It's not gonna come off every time. Uh, but the ability to be flexible and versatile and say, all right, let me put people in different positions. Let, let's play differently. Um, we know that we, we could get, you know, with the type, with our backline being having to be reconfigured, we need to maybe not play out of the back as much. We need to be a little bit more direct, like more like what Chelsea did, does sometimes um, or what Chelsea seems to do all the time. Uh, obviously, they, they, you know, because the first 20 minutes reminded, again, reminded me of how Chelsea attacked Manchester United in the first. 20 minutes was yeah. direct to direct to direct and gets get the goal early but that is Chelsea style not necessarily Arsenal's you know not but probably. Arsenal did it and, and it worked out you know not necessarily the most prettiest way they thought but hey you got a goal that's what matters I think <laughs> this weekend also was the lowest amount of possession Arsenal have had under Joe Montemurro I believe you are absolutely right and let me check this oh. again it is well, it's the lowest amount of the season. I think no, it's. I, the, I think it's the lowest amount in in, in his in yeah. his time 
Arsenal usually have more possession than Arsenal and Chelsea as well when they play. But those right. teams are sort of are, are like they're very effective. Uh, right. I'm surprised that Arsenal do have more ball when they play Chelsea, but Chelsea are ruthless as well when when they when, when they yeah, get. Yeah, but Chelsea. they had 63. But Arsenal had 63% possession, you know, Absolutely. and yeah, and Chelsea doesn't need all that possession. The the the, the lowest pr- before Friday of possession percentage for Arsenal was against City, of course, um, you know, with 42. Um, but yeah. I, um, but again, I, you know, that looking at possession statistics alone nowadays is oh, yeah, not, absolutely. not a true indicator. Um, because I mean, you look, I mean, yeah, of course, you know, last previous two games against Birmingham and Aston Villa, you know, and, uh, were, you know, 70 plus percent percentage, but that's to be expected given the, how things lined up. Absolutely. Um, so, but looking at some, uh, other numbers in the match, the, the goal, um, the, not the goal, the Scott, not Scott, shot creating actions were really spread out. There wasn't like one player that had a lot of shot creating actions. You know, Caitlin had four, Katie McCabe had four, Beth Mead had three, Jill Royd had three. You know, it wasn't like spread out. A lot of times it's like you have one player, two players that have like nine or eight or whatever, but it was really spread out. Um, which was very good. It was very good to see from um, just versatility standpoint. Um, in terms of, let me look real quick. Um, defensive pressures, Vendedonk had nine successful pressures. Uh, see, you know, let's see. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. All right, and uh, Merritt's had four one tackles. Vandedonk had four one tackles. Bloxen and there were um, yeah. Merritt's had a total of eight tackles plus interceptions, um, and so forth, and seven clearances. <laughs> so a lot Absolutely. of defense right there. Uh, who was your player of the match for Arsenal? It has to be Women Moy. Lots of Women Moy. Um... 100% really. Uh, to be fair, it was either, for me, it was either Lotto with Moy or, or Leo Valti, just for the fact that Valti played in a unnatural position. But yeah, it has to be with Moy. I thought she was outstanding. She won her battles, she won her challenges, and um, she was really comfortable in the back um, in the defence. I thought she was really, really solid throughout the game. She kept Christian Press quiet for the majority, and she obviously scored a second goal. So yeah, right. I thought I thought and to come in as a young player and obviously to step Leah Williamson's got over 150 Arsenal appearances. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Biddy is a is a cultured Scottish international, mm-hmm. and to come in in the biggest game of the season and play that well, yeah, mm-hmm. she was outstanding. So yeah, it has to be lots of women white for me. Yeah, I. That's a good shout. Really good shout. I would agree with that um, myself as well, uh, as I mentioned about her earlier um, and so forth. So let's look ahead. I mentioned okay. yesterday that guess who the possible world spoiler of everyone might be, and that would be Everton. Now, yeah, Everton, yeah of course. Uh, Everton, you got your... your Arsenal plays Everton on the on the second of May, and then the next the next match after that for Everton is against Manchester United. Um, so Everton could be the spoiler, um, but um, you know. So, I would, go I, ahead. I've sort of I've sort of thought about this as well. I mean, if we're looking at the top four, I'm not throwing digs at anybody because 
I'm not like that, and I don't. I think that's a bit unfair. But mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't rule out Manchester United dropping more points than from now until the Everton game. I really wouldn't. Um, I think that uh, maybe Arsenal will as well. I think this this weekend's a tough game against Spurs, but obviously we're going to get onto that. Um, but Manchester, yeah, let's, let's, yeah I, I agree really with you. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't mean to, to, to cut you off, but for time for time's sake, I would agree that that I don't think Manchester United is, but I don't think Arsenal is going to drop points either. The only, like I said, you know, I bring up Everton because I think Everton is the spoiler. You know, yeah, Everton can spoil the party for for Arsenal. They can spoil the party for for United, depending on. But my my question, one of my questions to you is, have they rescheduled the West Ham match? Uh, that's the game in hand that still needs to be played. Yeah, so it hasn't really been confirmed yet, but there's talk of May with, with that as well. Uh, not there's no no real potential date of that. I think it, I think it might have been around the sixth that I read, but I'm not particularly sure um, mm-hmm. if that is. But yeah, it's, it looks like it's going to be May, but it could be it could be brought forward. I don't know, but yeah, it looks like it's going to be May. Okay. So Tottenham. So usually Tottenham is going to be a tough match. Um, and Tottenham is in a relegation battle um, with, you know, Bristol and West uh, Aston Villa and Birmingham um, so forth. So tell, tell us about Tottenham and what you think about them. I don't know much about them. So I think it's going to be a, a tough game. I don't think it will be. Uh, I don't I could be wrong. And I sort of hope I'm wrong. But but I don't think it'll be a high scoring game for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. I think one or two nil. I think Tottenham are play a low block, so mm-hmm. they're well disciplined and they'll they'll frustrate Arsenal. I think it's at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium as well, which is sort of gives gives them also that extra boost. It's at obviously the the main stadium. Mm-hmm. Shame that there's going to be no fans there, but that's life at the minute, and that's how it is. Would have been a, another amazing occasion, but I think they're 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 going to be tough to break down. Um, they usually play five at the back or five across midfield, so again, defensive structure is going to be a big thing. Um, but of Arsenal, I think Arsenal the width this weekend will be, but will be a key figure. Obviously, Caitlin Ford, I think she and obviously they've got no Beth Mead this weekend. Um, so I was bit of a blow in terms of overloading down the flanks um, so I think Ford is going to be the key player this weekend um, and I would like to see Jordan Nobbs back in uh, So because I think on that big pitch um, she can sort of spot those gaps to play passes into um, mm-hmm. but yeah Spurs it's a North London derby anything can happen it's, it's derby day everyone's going to be fired up for it mm-hmm. um, and Spurs will sort of want to <laughs> you know they'll want to put the damage in and Arsenal's Champions League hopes that's a, that, that's they'll have extra motivation well, yeah. for that. I mean, um, this is the great time of the season when everyone has something. To, pretty much every team has something to play for. Um, uh, you know, and and Tottenham needs points. Uh, I'm sure you know, as you just mentioned, uh, this is a North London derby, and and the the famous words on this podcast, a, a, a Mark from the Barmy Army, you know. It's a derby. Throw out the numbers; they don't mean anything, uh, you know. So uh, I, I, I won't go into the numbers. Uh, I just know that Tottenham has been struggling recently. Uh, they have, they, and the they, only they, thing that I would say is they don't mm-hmm. score. They don't score enough goals, really. No, um, no, they don't. So 
that that's a they're creative. They're not a, they're not overly creative. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I I mean I do fancy Arsenal to go and win, and I could have egg in my face um, the next time that we talk. But um, but like I always say to you, it's one. It's sort of a it's like you don't like the cliche, but it is one game at a time. Um, but Arsenal should have plenty of confidence going into the game on Saturday. Um, so yeah, um, it'll, it'll be tough because it's a derby and, and Spurs are, are quite well defensively organised. Probably don't score they don't score enough goals like you've mentioned. Um, so yeah, look, it's going to be a really really interesting game. I think it'll be a really good tactical game. So, but let me just play play devil's advocate. Go this on. is a team that Arsenal beat six one. They did, yeah, but the last time that the Met was in the Continental Cup and they drew and they drew two two and Arsenal won on penalties. So mm-hmm. they do have that in their locker that they that okay. they can't frustrate you. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it, dare I mean Mark, forgive me. I'm gonna look at the numbers, but I see the numbers in, in Arsenal <laughs> um, you know, Arsenal again, I mean, statistically speaking, Arsenal has a much better offense, statistically speaking, across the board, much better in in terms of creating goal opportunities, converting goal opportunities, and so forth. Tottenham struggles creating goal, goal opportunities and they struggle converting them. Uh but they're mid-table in those categories. And Tottenham uh, has done a really good job defensively overall. Uh, overall, you know, and take that six-one situation aside, um, you know they they're pretty strong, uh, you know, pretty strong defensively. So um, because they, you know, they almost um, I think only like United, for example, only beat them like one nil. Uh, you know, it was it was a struggle. The, the most recent match that Tottenham had was one-one, um, where they they struggled to convert their opportunities, but they still came out with a with a one-one draw. Um, so yeah, I mean, but hey, it's a derby. Anything can happen, right? So oh, absolutely, um, you know. And at Tottenham Stadium, you know, um, it's part of the, you know, kind of the a fixture list where, you know, United gets to play at Old Trafford, uh, Tottenham gets to play at you know Tottenham Stadium. So it's going to be, you know, yeah. it's, it's a lot. And yeah, I hate the cliche one match at a time because it's completely overused. Um, but for Arsenal, that's what it is at this point. Um, is, you know, is, and and I think the mindset should be right, Josh, that, you know, is we look at one gate at a time, but we got, but we need to not drop points unnecessarily. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think they'll be sort certainly coming up with a lot of confidence after Friday. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a big boost. Um, and hopefully there's going to be a few players back. Obviously, mm-hmm. Steph Catley is not going to, I've actually written the preview this morning. So before I came on, so, uh, Steph Catley, she'll probably be out. Um, mm-hmm. Well, she will be out. Uh, Victoria Snatterback as well, she'll be out. Um, and Jennifer Beattie, we'll see. It's sort of a it'll probably be a little bit touch and go at the minute. Um, not really sure what's happening there, but uh, I know for a fact that Catley and Snatterback are unavailable. And then, like I said earlier on, Liam Williamson should be back, which is obviously a huge boost. Uh, and sort of there it is. It's a it's a, it's a full fit team really. Uh, obviously no Catley or no Snatterback, but should be all systems go for apart from that, which also gives Arsenal a huge boost. So, uh, so your scoreline prediction? Um, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna go two 0 for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, cool. 
Very good, very good. And Josh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta bring this question right back up because when we first met, um, you know, and, and I, I've been uh, giving you hardball questions about Arsenal's chances in the Champions <laughs> League, trying to get in the team. I give you hardball questions um, because I've been skeptical, uh, and, and I and I'm about to be proven wrong, I think. But so now, <laughs> weeks gone by, Josh, is Arsenal going to? qualify for the champions league um i've said it from the start when we met uh, i said yes um i'm not certainly hasn't changed so yeah i, I honestly i do i think are I think you more confident now are you is is you looked at <laughs> like is it 70 30 now or is it gone up to 80 20 60 40 you look at 538.com it's like 60 40 i believe now um or 70 yeah, 30 I'm confident, yeah. I wouldn't say I'm really confident, but yeah, look, yeah, I mean, I'm confident that, that, that they'll do it. Um, and yeah, that's hopefully next year, some European away days. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Josh, thank you so much. Excellent insights as always, Josh. Uh, I look forward to your tweets about the, the Ukrainian league, uh, <laughs> you know, moving forward or Belarus. You know, um, you probably have, you know, 47 you know, TV's going on or something like that. But, <laughs> but yeah, you've told me the iPad, laptop, TV combo. Oh, yeah, that's that, good. That, that, that works. works, right? Um, <laughs> so, so, Josh, thank you very much for joining us today. No worries. Thank Look, you. Looking forward to talking to you again next week after Tottenham and so forth. So, y'all, this ends our weekly features for this week. Um, it is Tuesday. Uh, go back, everyone, and look at – you know, uh, Emma with Manchester City yesterday, Mark with Manchester United uh, yesterday, and Rob uh, talking about Chelsea on Sunday. Uh, we will be back with you uh, at the end of uh, at the end of next weekend, uh, reviewing all those teams again. So, but if you like the videos, hit a like, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you like what you hear on the podcast, please give a rating. Please share with your friends. If you share with your friends, it's going to grow this thing. If you like what you see in here, you share the on social media, wherever you can. Uh, and we even on TikTok, and I don't even know why. Okay, but do that, and uh, I definitely will appreciate it. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. England is burning. It's going to close, but remember that the light is always there. Let the light become part of you. Let the light hug you acknowledge that it's there also unfortunately we have heard we have seen the darkness out there all over but we have to acknowledge it but we don't have to let it hug us and if it does please get help for yourself take care of yourself take care of each other take care of you england is burning is out for today thank you very much for watching thank you very much for listening take care y'all <laughs>